fun place to be. You guys are looking amazing. <laughs> I have two words I have to give. One is for you. What's your name? Julie? When you were up here earlier, this is super encouraging, Julie. The Lord was showing me, were telling me that you are a thoroughbred. Okay? Which means you were born for something. Like, it's, it's in your bloodline. And um, when, you're, when those horses who are bred for what they're bred for, they, they, don't, they, don't know, they know nothing else. They're, they're in the gates. The blinders are on. They're, they are ready for this. They're not scared. They are excited as all get out. To, as soon as that gate's open, they know what to do. And the Lord was telling me, you are not going to miss it. Okay? That's the thing, is you're not going to miss it. You were born for what you were born to do. And also like with Secretariat that had that extra large heart that made him such an amazing horse. That's what he's given you. So, just saying. Just saying, that's what I, and, and I don't remember your name. I know we've met. Larissa, when you were up here, I saw, you were wielding a huge sword. I, I saw it. It was, I don't, maybe you've seen it. I guess you have. I, it, to me, it looked like about eight or ten feet tall. Like, you were on the ground, and this thing was, like, about touching the roof. And, like, really broad down here, you know, before it goes up. And I, heavy, and um, I would just ask the Lord what that's for. Because, obviously, some, it has something to do with worship, but there's more to it than that. So, I'm just saying I saw it. So, I don't, I don't, I don't have all the, the yes, uh, all the what it's for, but it's there. It's real. Okay. All right. So, let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Your kingdom is here. It's here and it's coming. That's what you say. Say the kingdom of God is within and it's coming and it's coming and it's coming and nothing is going to stop it. Your kingdom is more real than what our eyes see with, uh, with this world. Lord, give us eyes to see your kingdom. Give us eyes, hearts, ears, uh, senses that go even go beyond our five senses to, to perceive you in all your glory and what you are doing on the earth today and why you have us right where you have us at this time in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Hmm. It's feeling really good tonight. So, so I get to talk to you tonight. Um, let's see if this is going to work here. It's on. Okay. Should I try it again? Oops, we went about two or three slides too far. There we go. That's it. Okay. A papa's and a mama's love. Um, now, I'm not going to break out the song just yet. That's in two weeks. <laughs> the mama's and the papa's. Yeah. Um, 
I want to I start by saying this, that uh, um, all of us are, uh, can get discouraged at times, no question. Um, you know that's what the enemy's trying to do, right? Because we have everything. Everything is in our favor. Everything's going for us. As Susan already said, love always wins. Light is always going to pierce the darkness. We got absolutely everything going for us. All the enemy has is discouragement. If I can try to get him to just get down on something or not believe what's theirs, that's all he's got. And, um, you know, the more that we can stay in this place of knowing Papa's love, of knowing um, the Father's affection for us, the more we are going to stay in a really, really good place. It's, it's, our, it's our weapon. It really is. And so um, tonight, I want to I wanna encourage you. I, I believe you're going to be extremely encouraged tonight, not only by the Lord's heart for you, but also the privilege you have of turning around and sharing that heart with so many others. Um, I want to I begin by, um, by sharing uh, a video. This was a, a commercial um, because we're gonna, I'm kind of tying this into Mother's Day a little bit. I'll tell you why in a minute. And of course, it's Mother's Day tomorrow, but I mean, I'll tell you why we're tying it into the, the Father. Um, and, uh, but I, let me, let's just start. We're gonna start with this first. So that was a, a commercial at the time of the um, Olympics. To a mom, there'll always be kids. And um, I've got a, I got a 19-year-old son, Derek, a uh, 16-year-old son, Aaron. Um, when Derek, when, when they were just, you know, little kids, they're so darn adorable anyway, but when they're just learning the English language, they're so cute, you know, how they say certain things. And so, but Derek's name, you couldn't quite get that yet, so his name, According to him, if we asked him what's your name, he'd say, Gagat. And then Aaron, when he was just learning to talk, his name was Raren. So I'm just telling you that they're, yeah, they're 19 and 16, but you know what? They're still our Gagat and Raren. <laughs> and they always will be. And I want to tell you something. I want to tell you something. Your father in heaven adores you as his child, and that's the way he'll always see you. So even though he sees us growing up and doing more things and, and learning who we are and beginning to reach out in the ways he's created us to reach out, still he's that parent that says, oh, but you're always my little baby. You always will be. That's, that's his heart for us. Um, 
minute ago, uh, Russ, you know, in a wonderful way, just prayed kind of some healing prayers. It's, it's, it's hard. Anytime you begin to talk about the immensity of the Father's love, when you talk about, even in this, uh, on a Mother's Day, when you talk about, um, you know, the blessing of, of moms to us, there's, there's going to be a lot of different experiences out here. And for some of you, it is, just like Eric's testimony. For some of you, maybe this is still, Mother's Day is still a hard thing for you. Um, and yet, my, I, what I trust is that, and what God, what God tells us is that, yes, I know that you've been through a lot of hurt and pain, every, every one of you, in different ways. But he says, and yet, my love is greater still. Uh, all of us have had um, parent, unperfect parents, imperfect parents, every person in this room. Every one of us, every one of you who is a parent, you know you've been imperfect as a parent. And yet, uh, one of the prayers that Russ just prayed too was just that we remember the good things. Thank you for the good things that I received from my mom or from my dad. Um, there's an amazing song. Uh, it's, it's written by uh, John Mayer. It's called Daughters. And uh, we're not going to listen to the whole song, but I'm just going to play it, just the, the chorus only. Because what the Lord is saying is, is that, is that he says, I want you to receive my love so that you can give it away. It's the only way you can give love away. If you don't receive it first, then all you're doing is trying to act out love, and you can't do that very well. In fact, you can't do it at all. You have to receive it first. Because, as you know, what we receive is what we is what we pass along, which is really the reason why this song was written. So let's just listen to it for a minute. So just the chorus. Father's bigger to your daughters. Daughters will love like you do. Girls become lovers who tell it to mothers. So mothers be good to your daughters too. And you know what? This artist, he was picking up on something from the Lord. No question. And and this is this is why I'm here to tell you tonight that no matter what, whether you had no matter how imperfect your parents were, some of you had more imperfect ones than others, that the Lord is going to over and abundantly make up for anything that you did not receive. And the reason why is because just like this song, He knows that you're going to give away what you receive. And, uh, and He's going to make sure He's good to you. See, this is one of the reasons why, remember I talked about deception earlier, the enemy, all, to try to discourage us. One of the greatest deceptions of the enemy is, is to discredit or give you a wrong picture of your Father in heaven so that you won't want to spend time with him, so that you won't want to come to him and meet with him when really all he has for you is love. All he has for you is affection. The enemy doesn't want you to know that. But I'm telling you, if you don't know it really well, by the end of tonight, I believe you will. So... Um, this is how God sees you, right here. He sees you that way all the time. 
He really does. You've, you've heard me, most of you, share that story of my sons where I got to hold them when they were born and just weeping over them all and just because they were mine for no other reason. Well, that's how the Father feels about you all the time. 1 John 3, 1, you must see what great love the Father has lavished on us by letting us be called his children, which is what we are. We are daddy's kids. We are, we are, we are. Now I'm going to share with you um, about El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. El Shaddai is a name for, for the Lord. All-sufficient one is a pretty good rendition of El Shaddai, but even a better one is many-breasted one. Now, at first thought, that might seem a little bit weird to you, except it makes all the sense in the world when you begin to think about that baby that I just m mentioned and how a baby at the, at the mother's breast has everything that baby needs, has all the comfort, the heart can hear the heartbeat, has not a care in the world. Everything is taken care of, all the sustenance, all the nurturing. And the Lord is saying, by saying many-breasted one, he's saying nobody's left out. You know, like when you have runts in a, in, a, in a litter and there's not enough room for all the babies, you know, to latch on to mommy, well, the weakest one actually dies unless someone's going to take care of it. But see, that's never going to happen to you. He says, nobody gets left out. Nobody gets left out. I have plenty of room. You get to hear my heartbeat. Everything I have is yours. I'm a nurturer. I'm a sustainer. When the Bible says that, that um, we were created in God's image, in Genesis it says male and female, he created them in his image. See, God is not male or female. God is spirit. But when you look at all of us together, we get a much fuller picture of who God is. There's a reason why male and female, we are created in his image. And so you have to see that this is why, um, you know, to use the word El Shaddai, if that helps you, you have to see that, that uh, the Lord is El Shaddai. So he is, he is that nurturing, loving mama who has, who has time for you and room for you and nurturing for you and comfort for you every second of every day. And for some of you who didn't receive enough of that, I'm telling you, he's available for you right now. Not even when you get home, but right now where you're sitting. Not just in your alone time with the Lord, but all the time. So that's El Shaddai. And then Jesus said, let me, let me tell you a story about my dad in Luke 15. Most of you know the story really, really well. And most of you know it as the prodigal son story. But really, a better rendition of that, a better name for that would be the prodigal father. But let me explain why. That word prodigal means lavishly wasteful. So... Yeah, the son was lavishly wasteful with the inheritance that he was given. There was two sons. I'm sure you know the story, but just in case there's a handful of you who don't, there was two sons. The younger, they were both going to have a part of the inheritance. The younger one says, I want mine now. I'm out of here. 
the dad gives him his share, he goes off and wastefully just ruins his life, just spends all the money in a really quick time, has nothing left. Pretty soon he's, he's feeding pigs and eating what they're eating and says, I could do better at home as a servant with my dad. So he comes back. He comes to his senses, really key part of the story. What am I doing out here? And then he goes back. So he lavishly waste, wastes his inheritance. But really this story is about a father who lavishly wastes his love on his sons. Now you might think, well, Brent, waste doesn't sound like the right word. Well, I, I understand that. But the point is, is that he can't help himself. He, the father loves so much. It's just going to spill over, you know, and... He's like one of those, you know, when you used to get milk in the old days and they would just pour some in and, you know, uh, uh, not you, I'm not talking any of you, but I'm saying in like Fiddler on the Roof style, you know, and it, they're just pouring it in and it lops out everywhere. Well, that's his love for you. It just kind of spills out everywhere. He can't help it. He's just lavishly going to pour his love out. And if it happens to spill out on other people, so be it, because that's who he is. He's lavish with his love. He's excessive with his love. He doesn't know any other way. He cannot live any other way. So this son who's got this apology all planned out doesn't even get to say it because the father was waiting for him and ran to him, right? Puts the robe on him and says, son, I'm so glad you're back. You forgot who you were. This is my robe. It's the best robe in the house. That's the father's robe, right? It has to be. He says, oh, let me remind you who you are. You're mine. I don't care what you did. Nothing has changed. You are mine. And you know what? I'm not even taking my authority away from you. Here's your ring. You forgot. You had the Father's ring. And the sandals on your feet. Guess what? Servants don't wear sandals. That was the Father's answer to him coming home and just being a servant. Well, Dad, I just, I won't be the role of your son anymore. I'll just be a servant. Dad says, I will have none of that. It's not part of the plan, never has been, never will be. You're my boy. You're mine. He just forgot. And you know, the older son says, older son is so upset, so ticked off. How can you be that lavish with your love? He doesn't even deserve it. And the dad says, I know, I can't help it. I can't help it. It's just who I am. But you know what the good news is that my love is lavished on you too. And everything you've wanted, it's all yours. And he says to the older son that he says to all of us, I won't let you work for what's already yours. You cannot work for my love. I won't let you. It's a gift. You cannot earn it. A gift is a gift. So that's the father. Jesus says, you've you got to know my dad because he's not like what you think. And see, the enemy's been trying to play this horrible game on us to get us separated from the one who, it, who just can't help himself to grab all of you up and just, just love you, love you, love you. Why would, be, why would we be afraid of a dead like that? Now, some of us in this room are afraid because of our experiences, our past experiences, with either our own 
mom or dad or people in authority who should have treated us differently than they did. And I understand that. And the father understands that. El Shaddai, the mothering, nurturing one, Yahweh, your papa, he understands. But he also says, I'm not going to let you stay there. I can't let you stay there. Because we're wasting time. Because every single day, I just want to come up and grab you and hug you and let's you know, do fun things with you. And, and right now, we're just kind of waiting because there's some healing. I'll make sure you get it. I'll make sure you get it. Because we got some living to do. So tonight, I want to look at a few phrases that you would expect from a good papa or a mama. And um, first of all, on, on a couple different levels, as we look at these different phrases, I want you first and foremost to receive them for yourself from Yahweh El Shaddai, who loves you. Receive it first for yourself. Because again, if you do not receive, you can't, you have nothing to give away. And then this is what you are then empowered to speak over your children. Now, let me explain when I say children. I mean, the more we understand his affection in his heart, now we've got something to give away. It could be to your natural children if you have them. Whether they're small or whether they're adult children doesn't matter. Because as we just said, your relationship in some ways, I understand in some ways it changes, but in other ways, they're always your little baby, always. And you can still love them. And if you've ever made mistakes in the past, guess what? You get to start differently today. Because love wins. Now, um, you may not have children. It's possible even if if you in this room have had children that have gone on to be with Jesus. And I would say, guess what? You still get to love them from here. You do. I don't, I don't understand how it all works, but I know, I know we're a whole lot more connected than we think. In, in the spirit, in the kingdom. Some of you don't have kids. Some of you want kids. And, and in fact, if you want kids, I'm praying blessing over you to receive. And some of you don't have children just because you, you didn't. Um, and uh, whether you do or don't, I want to tell you that this is not just for physical children. This is for spiritual children. In this world, I, I want to tell you something. This world is desperately needing love and affection from moms and dads. Big time. And this is not an age thing. If you're sitting there thinking, well, I'm only 22, so Brent's really not talking to me. Yes, I am talking to you. Because this isn't, it isn't an age thing. It's a heart issue. It's a condition of the heart. If you are old enough, if in the spirit, meaning if you're mature enough in the Lord to know his heart for you, then you are good and ready to give it away. And in some cases, it may mean an actual really close relationship with someone where you almost kind of adopt them in. But in many cases, it's just whoever you're with. Just, just as they did with the NLE this last week, the New Living Expo, they just loved the one they were with. They, they mothered and fathered them at that moment. And it made a huge difference because someone finally loved them. Someone finally believed in them. That's what this is. So as we're reading these statements... First of all, receive it for yourself. Secondly, by faith, you're saying, Lord, what I'm receiving, I get to give away. And not just to Christians, but to pre-Christians, pre-believers. 
Because really, we're the ones that make that distinction. God's looking and seeing all of his kids. He wants all of them blessed. And I'm telling you, love is what's going to draw people into the kingdom. It really is. More, even, even more than power, though the two go hand in hand for sure. You can't give away what you have not received. But what you have freely received, Jesus says, freely give it away. Right? All right. So let's start with the first one. Here's the first phrase. Mostly from Papa to you. He says, I'm proud of you. Just receive that. The Lord of heaven says to you, his child, I'm proud of you. He says, good job. This is a, a Jewish bar mitzvah, kind of a, a, a coming of age ceremony. But just look at that dad, just proud of his son. And I want to tell you that your papa in heaven is super, super proud of you. And he says, remember when we were just reading the story from Luke about the prodigal? When, the, when that son came back and, and the dad came and ran to him, put the, the robe and all the rest on him, he says, for this son of mine was dead and now he's alive. He didn't say this, whatever, reckless thing out there. He, he said, no, this is my son. See, he's restoring him, but I'm saying he's proud. Of, he was proud of him. He was proud. Of, how could he be proud of him? Well, because, because it wasn't about performance, was it? See, that's where we kind of miss it. We think he's proud of us because of our performance. And, and granted, most of us got that from our parents somewhere along the way. But I'm telling you, he, his, he's proud of us because we're his because we're going to, he sees who we are out here. He sees where we're going. He knows he's going to turn all this around anyway. But he says, I'm just, I'm just proud of you because you're mine. And, and look at you. you. You came back. You stayed in the race. Just keep going. Keep going. Here's another one. Father says to you, I celebrate you. He's not putting up with you. Where did you get that? There's no truth in that. He celebrates you. Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is there with you. The warrior savior, he rejoices over you with a happy song. Can you imagine what his songs sound like? Actually, they might sound similar to ours since we're picking them up from him. But anyway, I can only imagine when he's making up a tune, what that would be like. I, yeah. With a happy song, he renews you by his love. He dances with shouts of joy for you as on a day of festival. For you. Not... I'm, I'm going to, just for a second, I know that we're all one in Christ. Absolutely. Does he dance over all of us? Yes. But I'm not, not, I'm not talking about he dances for y'all, all y'all right now. He's saying he dances for you. Every one of you, I want you to say, he dances for me. He dances for me. Did you believe what you just said? Really? He 
dances for you. He does. He calls over the angels and brags on you all the time. Look at him. They're amazing. So he celebrates you. Here's another one. He says, I will never, ever give up on you. Never, ever give up on you. Sometimes we begin to think when we're particularly messing up, we say, well, surely that's it. That we went, we went too far this time. Really? Why did Jesus have to go to the cross again? Why did he have to go? For love? Because we had to have a Savior, didn't we? We had to have a Savior. So this, this distorted thinking, which, again, it's the enemy's attempt to try to distract and discourage you, is it, this distorted thinking is that somehow, if I don't measure up, there's some line somewhere where God says, that's it, I've had enough, I loved you to there, but no more. Jesus, his, the cross, it did that much, but not here. I'm, I'm just showing you the, the craziness of that kind of thinking so that you can see it for what it is. But you know, there's different times when we get to that place, and it's like, why, why would we ever go there? Absolutely. Of which Paul said, I don't know why Paul gets to boast of this, where he said, and I'm the worst. I'm the worst of the sinners. We could probably have a shouting match with Paul and say, no, I'm the worst. And Jesus says, died for you all. I died for you all. I will never, ever give up on you. Here's a couple of scriptures for that. Judges 2.1, I will never break my covenant with you. He's a covenant-making and a covenant-keeping God, which means what he says he will do. He can't break it. He cannot. And his new covenant was sealed in the blood of Jesus. Every time we take communion, we're agreeing that Jesus' blood was enough, that we are right with God because of what Jesus did for us, that everything God is doing is in our favor for us because he loves us. He can't break that covenant. It's a covenant of grace, which means it has nothing to do with our performance. Nothing, nothing, nothing. If so, that would give you reason to boast, wouldn't it? You'd have reason to brag, wouldn't you? Look what I did. I was so good today, God had to love me. But Paul says in Ephesians 2, you can't boast about this. It's by grace that you're saved. And here's another one, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Yeah. Ephesians 1, 6. He'll do it. Why will he do it? How can God know that? How can he know? Because I don't know, what, you know how badly I might mess up. 
someday. How can he know that? Oh, because he promised you that he would never, ever, ever leave you. He would never, ever forsake you. He will never, ever give up on you. He can't. You know why? Because you are God's success story. You can take that one to the bank. You're his trophy. How else is he going to get the glory? That's how he gets the glory. That's how he gets the glory. Because he takes impossible situations and he says, I know, and I flipped it around again for you. Isn't that amazing? That is how he gets the glory. Ah, he's just astoundingly good. Here's another one. He says to you, I am always for you. I'm never against you. Very similar to the last one, but I'm always for you, never against you. Here it is in Jeremiah 32, verses 40 and 41. He says, there's that covenant thing. I'm going to make an everlasting covenant. Can everyone say everlasting? Oh, that means it never ends. That's right. Everlasting covenant with them never to cease in my efforts for their welfare. My joy will lie in them and in doing them good. You know what makes him happy? Being nice to you. That's what brings him great joy, being good to you, doing things for you just because he can. Isn't that what parents really like to do for their kids anyway? You know, we... Anyway, I could start telling stories, but, but you know, I, we love we love that. You know, we love we love giving our kids things, and and it surprises them, and they and we see the joy in their eyes. It's fun when you don't do it because they earned it. It's just fun. Where did we get that? Hmm. I think we're made in the Father's image, is what I think. Um, so, let's see. Um, so this is just another little video clip about, uh, always, remember, and remember as you're looking at these, always for you, never against you. Remember, you're taking it in so that you can give it away. See, this is, when you say, well, how can we, how can we be for people and never against them? Well, the only way you can is if you first get it this way. If you know your father's for you, never against you, now you've got something you can give out this way. Here's just another blessing to moms today. Love's never wasted, is it? This was like that sword I saw. Only yours is bigger. Okay. <laughs> so the Lord says to us, I see the treasures in you, and I will continuously call them out. He sees, he sees who you really are. On your best day, in, on your very best day in the Lord that you've ever had in your life, okay, let's just say those five minutes.
the best five minutes with the Lord you've ever had where you got it, who you were and everything. The Lord says, even there, he says, you really only have a glimpse of what I see. Oh, it's much better than you think. And uh, he says, the only way, though, you're going to see it is that, this is that grace thing again, is that I'm going to call it out of you. Okay? Um, so here we go. This is an, an example of that. Looking at Molly and how far she's come and thinking of the doctors telling us that she would never be able to do these things. That they felt that she would never walk and she would never talk. I remember saying to myself, no, I don't believe that and I'm not gonna let that happen. I never saw the things my child couldn't do. never saw the things my child couldn't do. I only imagined what she could. And I would say with the Father, our Father in Heaven, our El Shaddai, Yahweh says, not just the things that I knew you could, but the things that you would. He takes it even one step further. But that's all he can see. He doesn't look at what anybody else thinks about you, about what they say you can't do or how um, you're, you're not skilled enough or whatever enough. He says, not my concern because that's not how I made you. He says, I see the treasures in you and I will tell you who you are until you believe it. Here's another one. The Lord says to you, I'm cheering you on. I'm cheering you on. We said earlier, he's singing a song of you, a song of joy, but it's, it's even more than that. He's saying, keep going. Come on. You can do this. He says, you and me together, we're going to get there because you and me make a majority. We're going to get there. So here we go. Here's another one. About God cheering us on. cheering you on. He's cheering you on. That just tells me you're going to get there. But you know what? Can I just tell you something? Sometimes even in a, even in a phrase like that, he's cheering you on so you're going to get there. 
that's true, that he has things in store for you. He's a good, he's a really good dad who has plans for you because he knows that you want your life to make a difference and he wants your life to make a difference. But can I tell you really that, that the, the real joy of it is when moment by moment you can enjoy him every step of the way. Otherwise, if it's always about something you're going to do for God, then it always seems like it's something that's out of reach. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't have things inside of us, dreams, that, and take steps towards those. Absolutely, we need to do that. But there's got to be this continual joy in the journey. Um, my, one of my spiritual dads, Bill Johnson, says it this way. He says, you know, if we've lost our joy along the way, we've, we've lost sight of Jesus somewhere because he's really happy. doesn't mean the Lord's left you by any means. It just means we've kind of lost that, the fun. If you're not having fun in, in what you're doing, let's just stop and look back at those eyes of blazing fire <laughs> that are fixed on you, approving of you, and all of a sudden the thing that was stressing you out or stealing your joy, you go, oh yeah. Oh, yeah, he's for me. Everything's okay. I don't know how it's going to work out, but it's going to be okay. So Isaiah 43, starting to verse 2, says, Do not be afraid, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Should you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Or through rivers, they will not swallow you up. Should you walk through fire, you will not suffer, and the flame will not burn you. For I am Yahweh, your God. I'm the Holy One of Israel. I'm your Savior. Skipping down to verse 4, I regard you as precious since you are honored, and I love you. So he's cheering us on. This is why we can cheer everybody else on. Well, how can we cheer them on if sometimes they're not doing so good? Guess what? The Father cheers you on when you're not doing so good. So if you take it in this way first, you will be able to give it out this way to somebody else. Here's another thing he says to you. My ceiling is your floor, and I'm committed to your success. Yeah, we had to stop them. Bless Trish. That's what we had to do. <laughs> uh, but he says, I'm totally committed to you. I said earlier that you are his success story, and it's true. He, he, he's going to make sure of it. He says to you that you're, you are his ambassadors. That means you, you represent him. You represent his kingdom. An ambassador, right? Every, when they're in their ambassadorial role, in their place in another country, they actually have all of the access, all of the, of the um, rules and regulations, all the protections and privileges of this country, even though they're somewhere else. But guess what? You represent the Father in His country, in His kingdom. And as you walk in the earth, you're as ambassadors. You get all of the privileges and rights of heaven around you here. That's what that means. Here's another one. He 
says to you, I will allow you to make mistakes and learn, but I will not enable you. And right there, your failures do not define you. He says, yeah, I know. I know you're going to make mistakes. It's actually part of your learning curve, especially when you stay connected to me. He says, we'll, we'll learn through that. We'll grow through that. But, but he's not going to enable us. That means, um, as, as the Bible says, he doesn't tempt us. In other words, he's not trying to make you fall just, just so that he can pick you up. That would actually be kind of demented. I mean, really, we're talking about a good father. Uh, so he's not going to enable us. What, what does that mean for us with others? That means that we continually encourage uh, but sometimes when people are making really poor choices, we are not going to do things. I'll give you an example. Someone is, uh, a son or a daughter is um, choosing to go off into the world of drugs and kind of all their money's going. Well, obviously, you're not just going to hand them a bunch of cash um, when they've made that same mistake over and over and over. So there, and is that mean? No, that's not mean at all. So that, that means you're not enabling. But at the same time, you're not saying that you are a bad person because of this. You're saying, I still believe in you. I believe this is a short season. I believe you can step out of this anytime you want to because I've seen the greatness in you. See, that's, that's totally different. Let's see. Here's another one, and that is, um, I will discipline you because I love you. Let me tell you something, though. He's not going to discipline you like this. <laughs> See, that's not discipline. That's just menacing. That's just mean. He's going to discipline you more like this. Okay? So let me read from... This is from the Mirror Translation, chapter 12, about, about the Father... Discipline, he knows he loves. But check this out. Starting with verse 5, it says, The word that confirms your original identity in the scripture addresses you as sons. Now let me stop for a minute. You've, you've heard probably a lot of speakers talk about this, where, where God calls all of us his sons. There are some places where daughters are mentioned in the scriptures, but a lot of times it's just sons. And you might be thinking, well, why did he do that? Because I guarantee you, daughters, you're, you're included in that. But let me tell you why, because when you see, we lose so much in the translation. We really do. Um, there's a reason why he chose the word son. Check this out, okay? This, that word, um, parakletos. Now, now, para, there's two words, para and kletos. Are you ready? So the word para is a preposition indicating close proximity, um, something that proceeds from a sphere of influence with a suggestion of unity of place or residence that springs from its author and giver, originating from, denoting the point from which an action originates. Intimate connection. That was all the word para. Hmm. And then kaleo, the other, the other half of it, comes from the word kaleo, 
to identify by name or to surname. So what this, put this together means this. The reason why he calls you sons, because that word means that you have Yahweh's surname because you originated from him in an intimate union with him. That's what that word means. Now, if there was a different word than sons as it translates over into English, that'd be great. We could use that instead. Um, but that's, that's what it is, that at oneship instead of sonship. It's at oneship. It's our intimacy with him. Now, let me keep going. So, my son, do not undervalue the loving instruction of the Lord, neither become despondent when you are corrected. For every instruction is inspired by his love. Even as a father would discipline his sons with affection. Look at those pictures. Even though it might seem harsh for the moment. Check your attitude when you are corrected because his instruction confirms your true sonship. You're at oneship. Just as a father would take natural responsibility for the education of his children. See yourselves as sons at one and not illegitimate children. Welcoming your spiritual education together with the rest of the faith family. Just as we have shown respect to our natural fathers in the process of our education, how much more should we value our lives under the instruction of the father of our spiritual design? In their opinion, meaning our earthly fathers, they gave us the best possible education for the brief time that we were under their roof. Another way of saying this, and I think you all can probably appreciate it, is they did the best they knew how. And oftentimes when our parents fall really short of loving us the way that we needed, almost always it's because of what they didn't receive. But can you see where the Lord breaks into this cycle? He says, this doesn't have to keep going. All it takes is one person who receives my love and that cycle is broken because now you've got some love to give away. So in their opinion, our earthly fathers, they gave us the best possible education for the brief time that we were under their roof. But God has our ultimate well-being in mind. The discipline of the education process is not always immediately appreciated, is it? Sometimes it seems to be more pain than pleasure, but it certainly yields the harvest that righteousness holds for the faith athlete. So now he's going to use this faith athlete um, picture. So he says, verse 12, shake off the weariness. You ever seen runners out there, you know, for a race, right? It says, shake off the weariness, loosen your limbs, catch your breath. Get back into the faith mode and quit the flesh mode. Get rid of all obstacles in your path that could possibly cause you to stumble and sprain an ankle. Don't let a reoccurring injury get you out of the race. Get better and carry on running. Don't allow old legalistic mi uh, mindsets to trip you up again. So the father's saying, I showed you something for a reason, only because I love you. I don't want that same thing tripping you again and again and again. Let's move out of that. Because you know what? Jesus paid for that. doesn't even have any authority over you. But you got to see things the way I see them. That's how we're going to get out of this. 
So at the time, that isn't always fun to hear, is it? But man, we want freedom. We want, we want to experience the freedom that Jesus paid for. And, and it is as simple as trusting the Father to do what he said he would in us. Just got like two more left, I think. I will, I will make sacrifices to assure your success. So this comes from the Father first. He says, I will make a sacrifice. We know Jesus came as the perfect sacrifice to make sure of your success, right? You ever thought, you know, as we're talking about a good father, you ever thought about, well, how could God let his son, Jesus, go through that? First of all, Art had an amazing word last week, Art Fuller, about, which should be on podcast any day now. I highly recommend it to you. And uh, he said something about, you know, since there is no end to the goodness of God, we can just kind of do away with accusing God of anything. He said it better than that, but that was what he was saying. So that thing about, well, God, how could you, how can I trust you as a father if you let your son go through that? Well, if you're going to say that, then you also got to keep going and say, and brought him with you to be with you in heaven forever, king of all creation, every knee bowing, every tongue confessing that you are Lord forever and ever. Don't forget that part. Because something in here, and this is something we all have got to learn, myself included, is that there are times, and this is a mystery, but there are times when a, a certain amount of pain is for a much greater good. And we really have to trust him that there's reasons for that. It's, it, we don't talk about that a lot, but it's true. And if you don't, if you don't have that perspective, if... if Pain is always bad, and believe me, I don't know anyone in this room that would probably say yay to pain, you know. But if pain is always bad, then really all that's left is to complain and, and uh, wonder why God has left you. But he can't. He can't leave you. And his promise is there are certain times where your pain is not only going, not only is he going to flip that around for the, your good, but for the good of the lives of many around you. Um, here we go. This is about sacrifice. A father's sacrifice assuring success.
the Father, he won't do it without us. That was his choice. That was his choice. And uh, he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see you through this. You are, we're going to make this victoriously. That's my promise. Here it is, and here it is in writing. This is Romans 3, uh, 8, 28 and 38 in the Message Bible. It says, we can be sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son. After God made that decision of what his children should be like, he followed it up by calling people by name. Watch how this is all him. Just watch this. After he called them by name, he set them on a solid basis with himself. And then after getting them established, he stayed with them to the end, gloriously completing what he had begun. So what do you think? With God on our side like this, how can we lose? If God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition and exposing himself to the worst by sending his own son, is there anything else he wouldn't gladly and freely do for us? And who would dare even to point a finger? The one who died for us, who was raised to life for us, is in the presence of God at this very moment sticking up for us. Do you think that anyone's going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? There is no way. Go ahead, read this with me. Not trouble, not hard times, not hatred, not hunger, not homelessness, not bullying threats, not backstabbing, not even the worst sins listed in Scripture. None of this fazed us because Jesus loves us. I'm absolutely convinced that nothing Nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our master, has embraced us. Amen. That's the truth of the gospel. That's just the way it is. So here's the last one where God says to us, I love you. It's what our Papa Yahweh El Shaddai says to us is, I love you. Oh, oh. 
on your father's love especially when it's cold especially when you're lonely when your little heart's just trying to find its way and i know the wind is always Did I hug enough? Did I care enough when you most needed me? Was I there enough? Enough to make you feel the First of all, I just want to say again to all, all parents in this room of children of any age, whether you've got little ones or adult children, one thing I don't want you to walk away from tonight is any guilt feelings of, um, of the past. What you have is now. And everything you receive now, you get to give away. And, um, and so that's, I just wanted to say that one more time because as, as parents, um, we've all made mistakes, ourselves included, um, but the greatest thing we have is love. So if we're going to err in any direction, let's err in giving them too much love because that's not possible. Um, at this point, this is what we want to do also. We want to make sure that you um, are, are blessed with uh, a mother's blessing and a father's blessing. And, and then after that, I have some people I asked to, up front just to, just to speak more blessings over you. So I really don't want you to leave. If you're feeling any kind of a need for, uh, I would like this affirmed, what you said tonight, I want it affirmed in my life. Please don't leave in that direction. Come this direction and get prayer from somebody. 
expected a blessing from somebody, okay? Um, so this is it. It is on. Can you turn this the red mic on, please? Brent wanted me to share um, a mother's blessing, but um, I don't think I can do any better than um, all the points that he shared tonight. And so now I'm just going to reiterate, I'm just going to say them again, but this time you get to hear it in a female voice. Hmm. And, uh, you know, I may not sound exactly like your mom, but um, so here it goes. <sighs> My handsome son. My beautiful daughter. I am so proud of you. I celebrate you every day. I will never, ever give up on you. I am always for you and never against you. Man, do I see the treasures in you, and I will continuously call them out. Continuously. Can you hear me now? My ceiling is your floor, and I am committed to your success. Stand on this ceiling. Stand on it. Reach up high and go higher. I will allow you to make mistakes and learn, but I will not enable you. But honey, I am so here for you. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay, sweetie. My little love. Oh, my little love. I will discipline you because I love you. I know that's going to hurt, but golly, you know, at the end of it, it's going to feel so much better. You're going to feel so much better. We're going to be able to move so much farther. I will make sacrifices to assure your success. And I do it willingly. I do it lovingly because you are mine. I release you into the giftings and anointing, anointings that you've been blessed with. Receive these words of encouragement, hope, affirmation with a big, warm, snuggly hug from me and a bunch of Kisses all over your sweet, sweet face. Receive it. Receive it. 
Happy Mother's Day. Love you guys. Um, so uh, I'm just going to give you a, a father's blessing. I did. I had one other slide too. I forgot, and that's right here. Um, would you all stand and emulate this one who says, "Daddy, you love me." Um, what I learned a long time ago was that I had to actually start believing what I'm telling you. The reason why I got plenty to share with you is because I really believed it along the way. And um, and so one of the things I did, and if the word daddy doesn't work for you, great. Substitute it with Papa or Yahweh or whatever works for you. But something, hopefully, that's really intimate. But to say it like you mean it, daddy, you love me. So let's say it together. Daddy, you love me. Do it again. Daddy, you love me. And your Father in heaven says to you, my son, my daughter, I love you. I love everything about you. He says, when I created you, you were my dream fulfilled. I am so proud to call you mine. You truly are everything I ever wanted. <laughs> oh, I celebrate you. I rejoice over you. Oh, you are my treasures. My treasures, my treasures, my treasures. And I bless you, my children. I bless you with my love. I bless you with my favor. I bless you with my grace and my mercy and my tenderness and my compassion. And I say to you as an earthly dad, good job. Two thumbs up. Way to go. I am proud of you. I am proud of you. I am proud of you. I am so blessed. I'm so blessed to know you. And I bless you. I bless you with an earthly father's blessing. If you never received that from an earthly father, I bless you. I bless you. I bless you. Now, some of the ones that I asked to come forward, if you would come forward to, first of all, to give the prayer. So if those that are going to give the blessings, come forward first so that there isn't a traffic jam trying to get up here. All right. Now, what I said before, I want to say one last time. You cannot give what you don't have. And I know that all of our gifts, all of our blessings come ultimately from the Father. That's the only way, that's the only origin that there is. But what he's given to us, we would like to pass to you. So if you need a blessing, if you want more affirmation of who God says you are, please come forward before leaving. And I bless you all. Amen. <laughs>